What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shonuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned in to Season 6, Episode 23 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. As usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are my partners in crime. We got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much. Just here to talk about our favorite pastime, video games. Video games. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? I am coming to bring everyone my smart delivery of knowledge about the gaming industry so. really we're just starting right yeah. off just starting right off with this yikes yes. people yikes no no i'm just I'm just demonstrating so you know, I, I got some feedback after our last show and our good listener gerald Ocon said he'd play on xbox with me so you know so uh, you guys uh, if i need to take a break from the old playstation quadruple you know i do have some you know friends in my time of need but uh i don't know if i'll need some time of need after all the shenanigans this week but you know we'll go in and they are our new section definitely yes, shenanigans. They are definitely you know, shenanigans. I, i'm just coming coming in with the i i got the social shame of last episode so now i'm i'm coming in to prove my worth <laughs> uh, remember to you too uh, i'm not saying anything so i don't think that's anything with that but okay <laughs> oh man okay folks well of course as with every show our first topic on the docket is going to be our playlist So, Joe, why don't you kick things off? What you been playing, man? Uh, just pretty much the usual stuff, man. You know, I got this hot, hot new uh, gaming monitor for my personal computer, and I've been playing nothing but Monster Hunter World Iceborne for this last week. I didn't even play any of my Microsoft-sponsored uh, products like Windows 10 or Xbox this week. So You can't say that they're sponsored because we they don't give us any money. I wish they did, but they don't. Yeah. Of course not. But yeah, Monster Hunter World Iceborne's uh, continuing on on there. Me and Desmond are kind of synchronized together and going through the story on there and then obviously doing some side business on there. So uh, locking up uh, stuff like, you know, uh, additional mantles, uh, stuff like, you know, opening up additional ingredients for the uh, chef on there and, you know. I'm just progressing on, you know, I'm getting a good cache of switch axes, you know, which is my uh, first weapon of choice with the, you know, the dual blades is my second weapon. You know, I dabble in and then also dabble in some long sword and also some great sword uh, from the time to time, just to uh, you know, keep familiar with those weapons. But uh, I'm still enjoying Monster Hunter World Iceborne a little bit, but uh, me and Dez, I was mentioning to Dez over this last weekend that I was a little bit uh, burnt out from playing Monster Hunter every day. Say all day. it isn't so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he talked me into purchasing because, like, you know, you could like, I... twist my little pinky about buying I did more what additional now? games. So, 
I didn't no, what? I'm, I'm saying it's like it doesn't take much for me to purchase another game if needed, you know. So, but I did purchase The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing on the PlayStation 4 <laughs> uh, Entertainment Center Entertainment System <laughs> on there. So it's a uh, overhead uh, cool Diablo like uh, Diablo like on their action RPG on there. Uh, I was being a little cranky pants uh, yesterday playing with <laughs> You Dead said it, not we, me. <laughs> I'm, I'm being truthful. I'm being truthful, yeah. Uh, I was being, being a little whiny guy because sometimes I, I, for me, especially playing a game for the first time, I don't like to just jump into multiplayer, even if it's in a genre that I know I know how to play. It's just I want to get used to the systems in the game first and know how everything kind of operates before you know, playing multiplayer. And so I, against my usual wishes, I jumped in. But, uh, you know, towards our end of our playthrough, before we jumped over to Monster Hunter, I was actually uh, getting some enjoyment out of it after figuring out the systems and whatnot with that. So so I definitely would recommend purchasing it. Uh, it's on sale right now on PSN. I believe it's, what, was it four ninety nine for the first one? Uh, and then three seventy four uh, for the second. Like, I think it was four ninety nine, and then, like, I think it's four ninety nine or five bucks, and then like three something. So they're both, yeah, they're both like like way under ten dollars. So yeah, it's, it's a like it's it's a decent. I I mean I'm enjoying it. It's a decent little um little Diablo clone, and I mean I'm enjoying it. It's not bad. Um, yeah, and I, you know it's like I found it kind of interesting that the you know usual games of this type they they're kind of slow to ramp up the difficulty at the beginning <laughs> of the game. It's fucking hard <laughs> on here, but no, it's like they <laughs> you got enemies like gang rushing you like like white on rice, and basically you just rolling around the map, just like please don't die, please don't die, please don't die, kind of situation. So it's definitely you know got to pull up your big boy pants at least at the beginning of the game, but. Uh, uh, just you come equipped because you play as Van Helsing, or you know, uh, I know there's a couple a more other characters, descendant of Van Helsing, but yeah, uh, you, you have a like ghost that is following you around on there that you could equip and uh, um, put additional weapons and uh, uh, spells and other attributes on to kind of assist you, like an NPC uh, walking around on there. And so, like me and Des playing multiplayer, we had each of our uh, equipped ghost on there with different attributes equipped and so and there's a lot of uh, room for customization in this game too yeah, as far as game styles mm, yeah something so. that I was surprised by is there's a lot of customization in this game and and how you can do it and I found out like you have your own kind of personal uh, your personal things that you can do to level up your characters and, and do different builds and then you have stuff to level up for your companion and then you have like these things called auras and tricks, and they are the same uh, across all the people, it looks like, all the people you play. But it's just um, depending on the character you play, whether it's a hunter, an, al- an, an, an um, arcane mechanic, uh, mechanist or something, he uses like arcane, like... Um, steampunk kind of gadgets and shit and then uh an actual regular old mage it depends on depending on who you pick it depends on what is unlocked at the beginning but everything in the auras and tricks are the same and you can unlock them at certain points so 
So again, it's it's a it, it's a fun game, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just went ahead and bought all three of them because they were super super cheap. It was like all this, like three you know full games for like twelve bucks. I was like, okay, whatever. So. And I know uh, if anyone listening is an Xbox, you know, devotee or uh, queues up their games with gold, is that this game was a games with gold game at some point, and also three. Uh, the Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing 3, which uh, just came out this year, is also was a Games of Gold game because it's uh, in my queue as being one of my Games of Gold. So if you do want to get a chance to check it out and you usually queue up your games, you might have it in your uh, Games of Gold backlog, possibly. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Just want to piggyback on your Monster Hunter because it's better because we've been playing it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Joe's correct. We've really just been uh, catching up uh, on some of the stuff that we we didn't do in the base game because it was like we kind of beat the base game and we were like, okay, let's, we're done. At least that's how it was for me. So once, yeah, same thing for me as well. Yeah, it's like so. once I was done with it, I was like, okay. Um, so I know that I need to, you know, do that differently in the future. You know. Because now it's kind of annoying because I'm gonna have to I have to go back and 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 do all the stuff that that I that I didn't need that I was kind of wanting to do before like like this should have been done already so but the the cool thing about it is you are so you are so so uber with with your um hunter rank like that that when you go back and do that that old stuff it doesn't really matter cuz you you literally just like mollywomp all those high rank level monsters like next it's like seriously it's like it's trivial you know what you have to do so so it's definitely not um not uh hard to do it it's just kind of time consuming and it's really kind of weird when you're when you're, you know, playing with your friends and then, you know, you have to say like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I have to go back and do this and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just kind of annoying. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, Monster Hunter is really good. I've started playing, uh, with the, uh, um, Charge Blade. So I'm trying to learn to do the Charge Blade. Uh, I, I am a Sword and Shield main and I figured, hey, you know, let's see how the charge blade charge blade works um it is vastly different but but just similar enough so i think i found a weapon that i'm going to try to master because i think i feel like i've mastered the sword and shield you know being a sword and shield main for such a long time so i'm looking forward to uh to learning more so charge blade is fun yeah, I'm Charge looking forward to it. Is fun. Just uh, get you utilize your guard points. Yeah, that's what I'm um, trying to learn how to do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just were utilize you, your guard points. Weren't you messing with the bow for a minute, or did you decide? As no, far I was as, messing. Uh, I messed with everything. Yeah, I messed messing with the bow. I was messing with um, the uh, insect glaive. I was, you know, messing with you know. Because I've always played a longsword too. It was always sword and shield and longsword was my was the one that I usually played. Um, so, so yeah. But I wanted. I was always scared, or not scared, but I was always just kind of like you know, um, uh, what's the word? I was always intimidated by the uh, by the charge blade because of the amount of stuff you had to do uh, to get it. Like, there's a lot of mechanics that you have to do with the charge blade that kind of makes it um, 
I was thinking, oh, like I'm not gonna be able to get this, or, but it's it just becomes practice, you know, and learning and learning your rotations and stuff. So, so I'm looking forward to it. But that's pretty much all I've been doing with, uh, with, um, uh, Monster Hunter, and I am more than you know ready to, to uh, play more. <laughs> and I'm and I'm not really like just as he was feeling a little like you know getting tired of it and I I can definitely understand understand that you know because well, you know you're playing the same game every day for you know more than a week or two weeks of time and they're obviously you know you're going to keep eating like the greatest dessert in the world and after after a while it's just going to be same all same all you know kind of thing where no you need I don't that. understand that at all Joe what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I played Division 2 for a minute while I was waiting for the Monster Hunter update to download. So I think I what, I got the cleaned out by the, the uh, um, Dirty Laundry Crew. So I Yeah, you were saying that, and I was like, oh, damn, Dirty Laundry Crew is not – they're not messing around. Oh, no, man. There, there, there was a uh, a bounty, but it had, like, the highest difficulty. So I got, I got taken out with the Dirty Laundry. So. Yeah, dirty Laundry was not playing. That's funny. Love division, and they're like you know, you like you know, dirty laundry crew, and it's like you know, you got some guy named Mel and some, it's just like some just random, just dumb names. So I wonder if they're like naming their friends after these people or something. So but. I think one of the developers had a roommate that never did his laundry, or 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 like a bunch of people that were just like we're the laundry crew, and you're like sure, whatever. <laughs> But, but yeah, I've been meaning to go back to Division, but we'll, we'll we'll see next week. We'll see next episode. So yeah. Um, so what else have you been playing, Joe? That's it, man. Oh, how about Kev? What you been up to? What you been playing? Uh, pretty much similar to what you guys been playing. More Monster Hunter. Um, discovered that the Elder Melder can make the Immortal Reactor, which was that piece of crap part from the. Raging Brachydose that has that ridiculously low drop level. So I was able to make a couple of uh, Brachydose-based weapons, uh, melee weapons, and it seems like um, Brachydose weapons have kind of are, are kind of have the, the the meta right now. So I made the the bow, I made the long sword, and I'm thinking about going ahead and making the uh, the great sword because I've been kicking around the idea of trying trying out great sword so i think the next time because i've got a crap ton of brachydos uh pieces sand but all i was missing was the immortal reactor <laughs> so now that i can make them uh i, I I'm, just, I'm gonna make one more and probably put that great sword together whether you know even if i don't i just say hey i got all the weapons that i that i actively use including the brachydos light bow gun and that's the that's the one that is that kind of has a bug in my craw because i've been looking at I saw, I've been looking at YouTube videos and trying to get, I'm like, I know this thing is powerful. Now, granted, I haven't augmented it yet, but I know this thing is powerful. And I've been seeing, you know, people getting like, because it's got a three round burst and people have been getting like 200 points of damage per round in each burst. 
I mean, granted, they've tenderized apart, and you know, they they they've done their consumables for uh, damage upgrades and whatnot. And when I do it, and maybe it has to do with the fact that it's not augmented yet. But when I'm using it, I'm doing 70 points per damage. Uh, if it's a if I'm blasting a tenderized part, it's 80 points per damage. I think it might have to do with, I think you have to be kind of precise with this, with this weapon. Like you have to know the monsters, uh, hit zones. Cause even if you've tenderized a place, some monsters just have crappy, uh, weak zones. And I mean, all, just about all of them have are weak to the head, but Sometimes I I think that might be my problem because I I, I think I'm kind of yeah, I'm trying to aim for the head but you know the monster is moving and 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 tossing and turning and charging all these different directions so I think that might be the problem and it, since it's also not not augmented yet I've been that could be an issue but I've just not really been having that much uh, luck using the brachydos. LBG, but I'm, I'll still try and fiddle around with it, see if I can get something more out of it. I also made the, like I said, I made the long sword, and I'm probably going to go back and make the great sword as well as the bow. Um, the other game I've been playing is, of course, Last of Us 2. I'm at a point in the story where some, I think some revelations are going to be brought to light, and I can't wait to see where the story is going. Gameplay is still very addictive. Uh, I die a lot because, again, this is a stealth game and me and stealth just don't make it. But the mechanics in the game uh, um, kind of allow me to brute force my way through the the stealth part. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I, I, I wind up I figured out kind of how the mechanic, how how the um, what's the word I'm trying to say the the loop, the environmental loop of this game works. So like as you go from one area to another, and there are some exceptions to it. When you're in an area and you're about to and you're you're about to move on to the next section, there's going to be like a door that you need to really struggle to get through. And if you just go on and try and sneak by and you try to open that door, it's going to get attract all kinds of attention. So the sections where you have to take people out, you just have to you, you have to I guess the best way to describe it would be mobile, mobile stealth, because, OK, I've got I've got a brick. I sneak up. I bust this fool upside the head with the brick take him down if a, if a, another soldier or an enemy is nearby they'll hear it and they'll come looking so then i start using the buildings or using the environment to hide around and hide behind and climbing um climbing up to different uh climbing up towers and you know, throwing Molotov cocktails at dudes, you know, from from cover and burning them to a crisp. Just doing all these types of things to just kind of stay mobile and stay moving. So they're constantly trying to pinpoint my location. 
So I'm never in one. I, my thing is that I, I have to be of the mindset that I can't be in one place for too long. I just have to keep moving. And I, that's the way the way the game is designed is there's always these narrow corridors and these semi-blocked entrance ways that you can squeeze through that'll give you a, a, an advantage over over your enemies and it, it, it the game just plays very very well it, it it's it's a phenomenal game the story is really getting good like i said it looks like some revelations are going to be coming to light here pretty soon i can't wait to get into those but uh, for me, it's just been Monster Hunter and Last of Us 2. So I'm, I'm, I'll be grabbing Ghost of Tsushima on Friday. Yup. But I won't be starting it until I wrap up Last of Us 2. Because that game, I, I, I need to finish that game. Because it's... This is a game, it, it, just has, it just has to be completed. It, it just has to be completed. Um just just a fantastic fantastic title so cool. that's what has been in uh, our playlist well i gotta finish mine i kind of took in with joe's but i had a couple other ones oh, okay. that i had been working on or that i had uh played i also played um um which is kind of weird i played neverwinter nights um i told you i picked up a whole bunch of games from when when we did this last week um I told you I picked up a whole bunch of games, and so I've been, you know, testing out a couple of them here and there. And I did uh, Neverwinter Nights, and you know that first that Bioware game, and it's not bad. It's just getting used to like a decade or two old type of um, uh, controls um is very interesting you know because the graphics are very dated uh and it's from uh i think it's third edition 3.5 edition dnd which i never played i played second edition so it's kind of funny when i was when i was in high school so it's like so it's just interesting playing that game and 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 getting and trying to get used to the way it looks and looking at you know looking at these games in a in a in through a new lens nowadays because like i remember you know um people saying that oh my god that game was like the graphics on the game were awesome the gameplay was awesome this you know people have these like really fantastic you know um feelings about them uh you know pc gamers and and it's just not there for me i guess because i just didn't really you know i just didn't really like know that because i wasn't really there <laughs> so so it's just kind of funny to me because i'm like you know oh it's really okay that's cool you know because <laughs> i just like all right um so looking at the the graphics from you know now from nowadays you can't really compare them and, and so i'm just really trying to experience the story and the and the gameplay and trying to you know see okay this is this is how this is or this is what this does or this is you know you know whatever but i'm just really um you know really trying to trying to be there and and listen to that uh, look at those uh games you know, in a, in a, in a flashback kind of way, not in a modern way, because you really can't. So again, I'm just trying to enjoy it for the for the role playing element of it. Um, so, and then the other game that I've been playing uh, was uh, The Surge Two, 
and I played the first Surge, and it's a it's a Souls like game, but it's set in the future, and you know people go crazy because the Surge hit, and there's a spark, and you know machines and people fused together, and people went crazy, and and machines are crazy, and you have to run through. But in this one, you can create your own character. So of course, I created a black female with dreads, you know, super, super strong, powerful, you know, and she goes out there and 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 starts you know fighting and i'm just kind of wondering like the game was like super discounted like really like like really aggressively um and and i was just kind of wondering you know um why because it's not a it's not a bad game you know um i do think that some of it um does get a bit, a bit repetitive and i think that's one of the things that was against it is you can basically run in the game like you'll run you'll run through the game or you'll play through the game and once you learn everyone's patterns um the game becomes really rote and then you and you basically your base of operations is from that place where you where you upgrade or augment your person so you can literally circle around and kill these certain enemies within around this place to augment because like it's like a bonfire when you go into the med bay quote unquote it's like doing going to the bonfire and everything re all the all the all the enemies uh come back and you can just kind of rinse and repeat it and and farm them for whatever you want and then once you feel like you're strong enough you push on to the next med bay and then you kind of farm around that so i guess i can understand where where it can it can get kind of boring um and i think i'm kind of reaching that saturated point i thought it was very interesting at first and i guess there's some um ability to get cool uh augments or weaponry or or whatnot but but i don't know if i'm I don't know if I'm there yet. So, so again, just trying to see um, if there is going to be any um, legs for the search too, and I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Um, and the last game that I that I looked at but didn't play was uh, I forgot that Joe had bought me Fallout 76, and he had oh. put it into and he was going to mail it to me, and so he put it in a in a in a in a bubble mailer and had everything ready. But then I went to Fresno and and picked it up, and it was in my backpack, right? And so today we were Paul and I were looking for something, and I said maybe it's in my backpack and. Paul goes in there and looks in the backpack and pulls it out and says, hey, here's this thing you got from Joe. And I was like, oh, crap. I totally forgot it was there. <laughs> so I opened it and looked at it. And I was like, oh, it's Fallout 76. Yeah, it's our listener, Gerald Ocon's one of his favorite games of uh, yeah. 2019, 2020. So, so I just kind of looked at it and I was just like, meh. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe I'll play it again. Or maybe I'll play it. I have never played it. Maybe I'll play it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. You know. Uh, more so was just to see if Joe would actually spend the money on me to buy, and he did. And I was like, oof. Now I feel obligated to play it. <laughs> well, it's all four dollars. So I mean, you you do what you need to do. But <laughs> you're like, I haven't played it yet. You're I like, I don't care, buddy. Myself. <laughs> That's funny. I was looking, uh, you know, because uh, with the uh, most recent uh, DLC, um, everyone's talking about how better, much better it is, and so um, you know, you know, three, you know, three ninety nine. It's like less than the price of a of a fast food combo. Yeah, so, you know, three ninety nine. Are you out of your mind? Cheap, cheap, so. cheap, cheap. 
So, so I said, okay, whatever. And so, and then the last game I started playing again, and you're going to laugh at this because this game was, was probably worse than Fallout 76, but I don't think it is. I think it's actually a pretty good game. Uh, was Agents of Mayhem. Nothing wrong with that game. <laughs> oh, thanks, Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a comic book fan, and I think that game was a lot better than people gave it credit for. I think a lot of people were just pissed that that game wasn't uh, a Saints Row, a Saints Row game. So, um, but regardless, I'm going to play it again and, and see if I can beat it. I really enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the color palette. I enjoyed the characters. So, so we'll see. But that's all a multiplayer the game. Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think it's a solo player game, and I think you probably would have been better with multiplayer. But I don't think it's a, a, a multiplayer game. I can check later if you want. But but uh, but yeah, that's um, what I've been playing. So yeah, so uh, whenever you're ready, Kev, we can we can just move on out. Alrighty, so Joe, of course, just checked out with his fingers of lightning and said that Agents of Mayhem is actually a one-player game. And again, like I said, it probably would have been better if it had been two-player, but oh well. So that's all I've been playing, Kev. Well, all right. Uh, Our next topic on our docket is going to be the news. So, Trader Joe, why don't you let the folks know what's been going on lately in the gaming industry? Well, let's go and kick it off. Uh, there was an event uh, yesterday, uh, Ubisoft Forward 2020, all of one hour <laughs> uh, live cast, uh, and they had a pre-show as well. Nothing too amazing on the pre-show. Um, uh, they kind of showed Trackmania a bit, which is a reboot of that particular game on there on the pc and it's free to play and it actually looks decent so you know i might be uh, checking that out uh no word as far as if it's going to come console wise but uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with Trackmania, but basically it's like a slot car racing game like kind of like uh like almost like a mario kart ish game but yeah this is so much I've more because you could uh, create a bunch of tracks and, you know, basically they're showing how easy it was to create tracks with this thing. And uh, I know I was going through a reset or a thread uh, with the, a lot of people out there just putting different tracks into rotation, including a lot of Mario Kart inspired levels. And, you know, I'm kind of curious to check it out. I know Giant Bomb's all into it right now, too. So, but yeah, uh, yeah I appreciate it was kind of wrote a bit. Uh, one thing that Ubisoft was doing is that if you logged in and watched this event at least one minute that you were able to get a free copy of Watch Dogs 2 for the PC and wouldn't you know it uh, once the event started counting down after like the 30 minute mark uh, everyone that was logged in was automatically not logged in and so there was a lot of messaging going back and forth as far as if they were able to log in to get the freebie but they finally got that resolved on there uh, for that so and going on to the event itself um pretty much uh there was three major highlights in my opinion there were some other updates including rainbow six siege um as far as uh, some of the other ubisoft games like might and magic which is a you know i have not dabbled with whatsoever there's some new tom clancy um, mobile game with sam fisher in it which probably burned the soul of everyone waiting for splinter cell to come back but i uh, see a lot of on that 
the first major trailer was a uh, little introductory movie for Watch Dogs Legion on there. And so obviously they played that, that uh, short movie and then went on to talk about the gameplay a little bit on there. And so one of the things that uh, was shown in the last E3 trailer for Watch Dogs Legion was that you're able to go ahead and control any of the characters in the game and every NPC you could take over control of has their own backstory, personality, dialogue, and narrative on there. So, and then basically by your choice of whatever NPC, you could take different approaches with the uh, collective missions that you're doing to obviously get over the, um, the enemies in the game, which is basically you're dealing with uh, like a dystopia uh, based London where, you know, basically big brothers on the march on there. And so you're, uh, you know, joining the revolution to uh, overturn these uh, um, totalitarian type uh, enemies if need be. So uh game is supposed to be out on October 29th on there. And so um, on the stream itself, we had an appearance from uh, the Xbox CEO himself, Mr. Phil Spencer, and uh, talking about smart delivery and about the ray tracing abilities of Direct X12 on the uh, Xbox Series X on there. So, but uh, out of all, all the games that were shown at the Ubisoft Forward event, uh, this is probably the one I'm most interested in on there. I don't have that much uh, like prior reference with the Watch Dogs series per se on there um i might buy this day one it just depends you know if i could free some time to play it if need be on there so uh there was some confusion confusing messaging after the event about it because a lot of people were of course uh asking about the uh, forward compatibility for the playstation 5 of course, because of the smart delivery the marketing uh, spiel on there, uh, there is no reference to the PlayStation 5 version of Watch Dogs Legion in any of the like event marketing on there. But obviously on the website and other places, uh, it was stated that uh, both the PlayStation 4 version will upgrade the PS5 um, uh, automatically for free. And same thing, obviously, with the smart delivery uh, option for Xbox One and Xbox Series S and X on there. So, and uh, one thing that kind of got my goat a bit was, you know, you got these uh, shields on Twitter, including Tom Warren from The Verge, on there making points that, you know, anti-PlayStation points for the fact that there's no mention of PlayStation 5 in any of the marketing materials when... He could clearly know, I could clearly know that this is just a money hat that uh, Microsoft has basically done to uh, push their smart delivery marketing spiel on there. And it's just to the point that they're confusing people out there that don't realize that Ubisoft is offering PS4 to PS5 upgrades for free on not only this game, but other games as well. On there, we're still kind of in the dark with Yakuza Like a Dragon from the uh, Inside Xbox event back in May because of the fact that I have not mentioned the PlayStation 5 version, but dime the dollar, there's probably going to be a PlayStation 5 version of that. But uh, I'm kind of going on my soapbox a bit 
And I think the uh, money hat to gain advantage for the smart delivery is just nothing but other incomplete, stupid marketing bullshit, basically, Ooh. in my opinion, on there. So, you know, it's going to get out the fact, why confuse people? I don't understand why that's a something that you could put in your marketing you know, cap on there and say that you're doing a great job on there. You could advertise your smart delivery all you want, but if the same upgrades are going to be available on other platforms, why hold back that messaging on there? Why is it a marketing boon for you to say it supports smart delivery and then try to intentionally hold back the fact that you could upgrade from PS4 to PS5? I don't understand that. I think it's stupid. I agree with it. You know, I think Microsoft tries to trademark every little feature with the TM on there. It's just like the Xbox uh, One X, like, you know, wall of shame, like, oh, my, so powerful. It's like almost unreal. And it's like all that bullshit. It's no, not even fair. So what's your guys' opinion about the whole mixed messaging on the uh, smart delivery? And I've watched Dogs Legion as well. Well, for me, Joe, I, I am very disappointed, you know, in you as uh, you were a, a staunch Microsoft supporter. And for you to just bite the hand of Phil Spencer, what is wrong with you? I'm joking. Don't troll. <laughs> Come on. Um, piff, piff, piff. Piff, piff. Oh, wow. Piff, piff, piff. piff. I love it. He's English now all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> no, I, you, you well, basically... Watch Dogs Legion is based in England. So, well, that's true. Know, that's keep, true. Keeping the spirit of the, that's true. Of the uh, game, per se. No, so. no, I'm thinking it's just... It's honestly because it's, it's like, why? You know, why let anyone else know how cool your stuff is? You know, I mean, yeah, they could have they could have said, you know, that that, oh, yeah, you could do this with, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, uh, uh, with uh, PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 5. But why throw your competition a bone? And I think that's mainly what this is about. It's just like, why tell them? Yeah, you know, I why? understand not mentioning in the actual um, event itself, but on the marketing materials, it's just marketing materials marketing materials it, it should state everything that it's you know available for so you know you look at the um watchdogs legion marketing materials you look at the assassin's creed valhalla marketing materials there's no ps5 logo on it whatsoever even though if you go to the website and do a little digging you can see that obviously you'll be able to play it on playstation 5 if you want to upgrade it or you know get a playstation 5 version of the game on there i just don't see why that's something that they would have even built into their contract with these uh companies that they're obviously paying for uh, some sort of uh, advantage on there that's why you have phil spencer coming on all these different live streams you know obviously doing his his thing on there so but so i well, my question to you... I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. You were saying... No, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, do we know what it's going to say on, on PS4? Is PS... Or PS5? Is PS5 going to say, you know, also can be seen or used on on um, Xbox? On Xbox? You know, this could be a thing that, that they decided that each company just wasn't going to do. You know? No, it's, it's up to the individual um, particular developer to you know obviously support uh, backwards and forwards compatibility on there and i know kev ha always had 
the greatest thing to say is if you don't if you want a ps5 version of this game guess what wait and buy the damn ps5 version just be done and over with so but you know i just don't like the fact that you know they're throwing curveballs over here like you know they're going to gain some sort of uh, advantage by you know muddying the waters on there as far as you know being able to because obviously i i I am all three of us are knowledgeable enough to dig in do the research to figure this out i'm just talking about you know some people that might be watching the event that might not you know be in the pulse of everything that's going on i i was watching all the hubbub on twitter a little bit and uh people were commenting that sucks that sony's not offering you know this version to be playing on my playstation 5 if i want to upgrade and you know so on and so forth so on there and you're just seeing the different uh, back and forth you know obviously i shouldn't be paying attention to what's on twitter but at the same time it's just funny to to see even myself with the confusion of you know if there's going to be a playstation 5 version of yakuza like a dragon which i know there's going to be but right now we don't have any word of that so so i don't want to curtail my discussion of watchdogs legion because out of all the games at the event this is probably the one that i would buy day one over any anything else that was shown so yeah um here's the thing though this is the difference between the way playstation does marketing and the way microsoft does marketing see microsoft got this deal and oh well, we'll just not we'll just we'll just you know cover it up with our double speak our our cross by double speak trademark nonsense when PlayStation gets a third-party deal with along with their marketing, they usually get something that actually installs value to buying that game on that platform. The best example of that has been Destiny. Hmm. I mean, the deals that, that Sony locked down with Destiny all but made that game the, a default PlayStation exclusive. I mean, missions, they locked down strikes, they locked down weapon types. I mean, not weapon type, but weapons. They did. They put their money in stuff that actually meant something, whereas Microsoft is, oh, well, we'll, we'll let's put in the marketing. We'll, we'll, we won't mention anything else. And, you know, they, it, so it, it confuses people. In the marketing, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, it's too bad that, you know, that PlayStation is not going to offer this same deal for their customers. And let's not assume that everybody that said that wasn't an X-Bot, you know, just, just, you know, this faux oh, concern, this faux concern that goes on in the gaming community just cracks me up. You know, but, one thing, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kevin. Yeah, but that's the difference. Microsoft wants, and micro, and this is what's so crazy. Microsoft used to be a a shark in a in the in a, in bloody water. They used to lock down exclusive content. They used, to, you know, Call of Duty on the Xbox 360. It was the equivalent of Destiny on PlayStation 4. They used to go after. Uh, third-party exclusive deal content like that, and now they spend all this money. You know, and I, I get it. Microsoft has more has more money than anybody in the universe, apparently. So it it probably doesn't make that much of a deal to them. But this is not install instilling value 
into someone buying the Xbox version of these games. They're not getting any, they're not locking down anything, any exclusive missions or modes or hell, not even skins. You know, how much, how, what, what would, how much would it have cost to have like a version of Master Chief running around in London just for, you know, for, for, for craps and giggles? They do stuff that adds no value to buying the, their, a third-party game on their platform, and they reduce it to this, this silly marketing nonsense. And whereas other platforms like Sony with PlayStation actually put value in the consumer's hands for buying a third-party game on that platform. It, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I, I don't know who's in charge over there with landing deals. I don't know if they're handcuffs because, you know, Phil says, I don't like locking down third-party content to a particular platform. You know, So maybe that's why they don't do stuff like that. So they'd uh, rather they confuse people expect- with marketing. But they they have exclusive deals for certain certain indie developers and that kind of thing. They've locked down certain games from being out on the PlayStation. So it's it, even they could talk the talk, but they definitely don't walk the walk. They do the same thing, you know. But they're obviously not doing it with uh, AAA stuff as of late. They're doing it mainly with indies and stuff that they're fostering, like you know, Deep Rock Galactic, the game that me and Des dabbled in like about maybe six weeks ago. Um, you know, that has not made an appearance on the PlayStation console yet or any other consoles besides the Xbox. So, so they're, they're doing what they're doing on there. I just, you know, another thing after this event, Tom Warren, again, this guy from the verge that is a major Xbox, like, you know, uh, supporter per se. It's like shill. Let's just call him what he is. He's a shill. Yeah. He, Unpaid. he, he went on and basically so how, how come Ubisoft is not supporting the PS4 to PS5 disc version? So basically he was beefing because of the fact that if you bought the PlayStation 4 version of Watch Dogs Legion and you wind up getting the digital edition of the PlayStation 5, that you, will not go, you won't be able to upgrade your version of the game because you need to have the disc in the system for it to authenticate that you own the game. And so he was trying to bark and basically throw up a pseudo dog whistle because of the fact that, you know, this is something detrimental on there. I know once Lockhart is announced and it's not going to have a disk drive, if you buy the Xbox One disk version of Watch Dogs Legion for your Xbox One system and you want to play it on your Lockhart on there, your diskless version, I, I don't think Ubisoft will be providing you a digital code, Scout's Honor, that you're not going to basically use and sell your disc back to GameStop or wherever. So so I just don't I don't appreciate them just taking a look at the, you know, the trolling, of course, from someone from a major media source on there. It's just a, it's just a bunch of booty ass bullshit, in my opinion. So. Man, off my soapbox. Booty ass bullshit. Okay. Booty ass bullshit. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm of the I'm of the the opinion now that gaming media is a joke in and of itself. You know, it's like you know, fair and balanced. <laughs> it's a joke in 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 network in in cable network news. So. You know, you know, I, this I is the same company to... that's going to have like several, several freaking boxes available for purchase. So, you know, 
are we not? It really shouldn't be a surprise that they're tr- that they're muddying waters with unimportant stuff like marketing terminology, like smart delivery. When little Timmy sends mom and dad to GameStop to get them the new Xbox, mom and dad who don't play games, they're gonna have to figure out: Do I want a S, the X, the Series X, the Series S, or whatever they're gonna call the Lockhart? So. Muddying the waters is just seemingly what Microsoft seems to be good at right now. So I guess you got to go with your strengths. That's that's the only because they, they damn sure ain't making any games. They damn. damn sure ain't making any games that are worth a damn right now. Whoa. So we got to we got to work with. I, I mean, look, you end in the generation with grounded, grounded. And your and your competitor is ending it with Last of Us freaking two, and Ghost of Tsushima. Tell me I'm wrong. I well, that you... bleeding edge too, of course. But you know. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> but let's let's go on. Uh, we kind of <laughs> killed that thing with the quickness. But oh, another thing about Watchdogs uh, Legion that I was. Uh, kind of surprised about but uh ubisoft is giving some value with the season pass so if you do get the season pass you do get um obviously a new story expansion additional missions on there but you actually get the first watchdogs complete edition for free along with that and it's going to be available on both the playstation 4 and also a playstation 5 version of watchdogs as well so so i don't know if that's something good or bad i don't did you dabble in the first watchdogs kev I played the first one. It was trash. Okay. Uh, <laughs> skip the second one. Skip the second one, which I've heard is actually kind of good. Um, it's on sale for eleven dollars, so I picked it up, or for like twelve dollars, so I picked it up. I've I've yet to play it. I did yeah. not play the first one at all. I heard it was yeah. garbage, so I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I just was like, never mind. I think I might have. I think it was free on PSN or something. I might have got it. I don't know, but but no, I I. No, <laughs> I am I am more interested in Watchdog Legions than I after watching the forward, the Ubisoft forward than I was when it was first announced. I will say that much. Yeah. I am a, I'm my curiosity is kind of peaked uh, with regards to the game. Is it going to be a day one D one C? I no. doubt it. No, but I am I am curious about about the game, so it'll probably be something I pick up on a sale. There you go, good deal, good deal. Okay, Des, why don't you bring us the news about Assassin's Creed Valhalla? All righty, so uh, we call this uh, Assa- what is it, Assassin's Creed Watcher Edition or Witcher Edition? Okay, yeah. Um, where, yep. Come on, that's pretty funny. much. Come on, y'all. Pretty much. <laughs> so they revealed. They actually revealed uh, actual gameplay. And the article that we're that we're speaking of is from a PC Gamer, in which they're giving their their review about it. And they basically say Assassin's Creed Valhalla wants to be Witcher Three, but with deeper combat and occasional cl- and, and occasional and the occasional climb. And I mean, I watched this gameplay, and I have to admit that it is. It reminds me a lot of the the Witcher and and how he attacks and how uh, they move around and how they um, how they uh, the targeting looks. Uh, now, mind you, I'm not a an Assassin's Creed person. I don't watch Assassin's Creed. I I didn't play Assassin's Creed. I don't. Um, 
I never really got into it. I thought the whole animus thing and going back and I thought that original concept was kind of cool, you know, and how you did that and reliving your ancestors. And I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. But now it just seems like that trope, it like, I don't understand why they have to have that as a part of it, you know, and, and I, I just feel like that aspect of it just doesn't need to be there. And so to find that, that they are, it's continuing on with, you know, um, Odyssey and then, uh, you know, uh, Origins and all sorts of stuff. I was just kind of like, I was hoping that they've devolved themselves from that, but they really didn't. And, and it looks like you're not really an assassin at all. I mean, you can shoot arrows, you know, and kind of assassinate people, but it's much more of an, it looks like a much more of an aggressive game and how you're running around. I mean, it really kind of, uh, it gave me for honor kind of, uh, uh, vibes as well. I don't know. I just, I just don't think that this, this gameplay trailer and, and what it showed made me want to play it. I hate to say it, but the one word that kept flashing in my head was generic, like, like straight up generic. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I know we have various different, um, uh, what is it? Various different, uh, gaming, um, uh, gaming lineages or, or gaming systems, uh, or series, gaming series that have a certain play style and a certain look and a certain, um, this kind of like identity, like you, you, you play a certain game, you know, and you're expecting a certain thing. Like if you play a Diablo like game, you get a Diablo like experience when you, or that that's a genre. But if you play an Assassin's Creed, you kind of expecting Assassin's Creed type game. And, and it's like, you're not really getting this from this game. So I'm thinking Assassin's Creed, and please correct me if I'm wrong, has kind of lost its way a little bit. Again, I've never played anything, but just looking at all of the, but looking at this gameplay and just looking at what is happening, it, it looks like a hodgepodge. Like, how many times have we seen uh, a celestial type of um, uh, uh, perk assignment allocation tree? It's like. It just seems like with Valhalla, all of it has been done before. Like I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't understand why someone would be, would be um, excited for this gameplay. Like it looks like so many different other games. It looks like Shadow of Mordor. It looks like uh, Witcher. It looks like, you know, a Skyrim. It looks like all these other games that that were probably better than it. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too hard about it. But but I just don't like I just don't see it, you know I, I I just don't I don't see it, so you know. But again, that this was just my take on on what was said, and even in the even in the article, the person was kind of like was basically saying the same thing. It's like you know you've kind of seen it all before. The, the graphics were not all that inspiring. Um, it just seems like. You know, we got to pay these bills. Get back to the get back to the well, y'all. We got to pay it. We got to pay these bills. You know, I I just you wish know. they would just kind of like cool their heels on these on these series. It seems like every year we get one, or every year and a half we get one, and it's like, 
Like if this was what they're going to be shelling out, like is this is this game like the those 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 NBA sports games? Like, well, all you do is add a couple of you no know, new characters, bells and whistles, change the texture, and boom, we got a new game. You know, and I know we're I and I'm and I know I'm going long on this, but it's just like it just makes me feel bad because the next one we're going to talk about is Far Cry Six. You know, oh, it's just the same. It's the same thing. Exactly. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to jump. Know, I was going to mention Far yeah. Cry Six because I'm interested in the protagonist, but I know in the end when I look at that damn map and. <laughs> I'm going to go conquer freaking radio towers again. <laughs> like it's the same game. Like how many times are we going to buy the same game? Like I, 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 I don't know. You'd be like, able to get the experience play. If you never play far cry three, it's on sale right now for $3 on PSN on steam and other places. And it's the you could easily too. jump into far cry three and still get the same experience on there. Uh, they're trying to keep people that still play these games. Obviously, Kev, you could probably reiterate that Assassin's Creed has lost its way. I mean, you're dealing with a game that has over a thousand people working on it. You know, it, it's bound to be uh, mass produced. Um, you know, I still want them to breathe a little life in it. You know, like like if they actually you know care about what they're doing, and they probably do. It's just you know these games are always beefy, always a lot to do. Um, a lot of and, fetch quests, a lot of yeah, you know, back and forth to different places. You know, I know they said that. Uh, Valhalla doesn't have a lot of side mission content, so at least they're trying to uh, give a more streamlined uh, gameplay experience with it. But, you know, uh, it probably is something to me. I already have Origins and, you know, I already have Odyssey in my backlog, and it's like nothing that was shown to me with this particular game is going to make me want to play this game first before playing any of the other games in the series. And that's just kind of saying that I don't know how much this thing is really evolving Assassin's Creed. It's just basically another Assassin's Creed game. So that's how I look upon it. Same thing with Far Cry. The, The trailer was pretty cool. Um, uh, screenshots were okay, but it looks like they were bull kind of, uh, you know, bullshoddy a little bit, meaning that, you know, it seems like, uh, they took the uh, game at its highest resolution on the most bells and whistles graphics card and even embellished it a little bit from the screenshots. So, uh, until I see this thing in motion, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a day one get for me either on there. So Kev. Any opinions on either Far Cry 6 or Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla? Let them have it, so, Kev. Uh, so Valhalla is just Odyssey reskinned with a with that's the you got Romans in Odyssey, you got Vikings in in Valhalla. It's literally Odyssey reskinned. The the, the and because I was looking at the, I was looking at the combat and I'm like. Yeah, it they they jocked the, the the transportation system from Witcher. They jocked the interaction from Witcher. The 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 decision makings. I mean, they even look they they even look the same from freaking Witcher. The only difference is like font and and font color. And I think Witcher had more options, at least in the in 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 the the at least in the conversations that they showed you between. Um, your protagonist and that king that that 
they're allied with. So, okay, they jock the Witcher. So they copy and paste the Witcher 3. All right, great. But the combat, I'm like, why does this combat look so... Because I was talking about it to... uh, I think you guys, I was like, there's no parry system. You can double wield weapons. I don't see no parry. You know, yeah, you can use shields. I don't know, maybe if they're used doing something like that. And then it, it hit me listening to you guys talk about it. The combat is straight out of Odyssey. That's why the Viking dude or, or the girl dashes around the way the way they do. There's no real uh, uh, blocking if you don't have a shield. Uh, you're, the whole thing is just reskinned Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's it. And looking at the stuff, oh, well, you can fish. Oh, gee, wonderful. <laughs> just what I want to do. I want to go fishing. Oh, well, but, but we know that people understand that you don't really assassinate nobody anymore, but you can put on a cloak and walk in groups. <laughs> Come on. I know they're showing just... part of the 30-minute live stream after the event was over that they showed, like, an instance where you could go on this, like, you know, beach and stack stones to yeah. know, relax. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting here. It's like, okay. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm playing Viking Jenga to, to kill time because there's, there's nothing else better for me to do in the game. Stack rocks and fish because, because the game is so damn generic. Why? Because you just copied and pasted the combat from Odyssey into the game that is already a straight-up jock of Witcher 3. Come on, uh, Ubisoft. This is, I mean... And and, and and here and what's so funny is that the rumor I don't know if it's been concer- con, uh, confirmed or not but we're talking about possibly paying seventy dollars yep. for quote unquote next gen games yeah y'all gonna say you gonna charge me seventy dollars for Valhalla nah I'll pass holla at me when that's twenty bucks fifteen get the PS4 version Shh. upgrade for free or you could use your smart delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was just no, there was just no ingenuity. There was no building upon a, a precept, building upon what worked. I mean, I played Odyssey a little bit. Also, ironically, on the the Xbox One, and I just got the the combat was just kind of eh. Okay, so she's got a. She's got okay. The 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 male or the female Roman soldier that you're using in Odyssey has a 300 Spartan kick. What does the Viking have in Valhalla? The 300 the 300 Spartan kick. Same damned animation. Same damn reaction to whomever you kick. So what you're telling me is that there's no uh, 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 intricacies with with the melee combat, but I stick my foot out, and some dude who's coming at me with a with a broadsword just goes flying across the screen. Gee, just like in just like in Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. <laughs> this is no. Okay, so now we know about Odyssey, but what do you think about what do you think about Far Cry? Far Cry. Far Cry. You gonna get a two? You gonna get a two? Hell oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, oh, all I'm gonna be doing. 
is is driving some Jeep, driving a motorcycle, driving some type of motorized vehicle to one place, shooting some fools in the head, climbing a tower, you know, breaking a breaking a message, sliding down the tightrope, going to another part of the map, rinse and repeat. The only way I would get uh, I would get Fall Cry Far Cry Six is if it's a more focused, linear experience. But then it wouldn't be a Far Cry game if it was designed that way, right? So, I, 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 no. Yeah, more information about Far Cry 6. Uh, they basically took like Cuba and the Caribbean cities as kind of an example. You play in a, a island called Yara on there. Yeah. And uh, you play as either a male or female character, depending on uh, you know what you choose on there. So they're not sticking with a uh, particular silent protagonist this time on there. But uh, basically, that's, you that's go on the island. The, that's how it was in the fifth one, though. You could be a male or a woman, a male or oh, a guy. Cool. So, so yeah, that was something that they added in. But it doesn't really matter because you can't see your character anyway. But it's still good. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of inspired by Cuba, so they said to expect some unconventional weapons due to trying to make do with what's available on the island, including having vehicles and animal companions, of course. Typical Far Cry stuff on there, and they're making a big deal with the uh, particular actor that uh, they got to play the main villain. It's just played by uh, Jean, Giancarlo Esposito, the guy that was in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul on there. So, um, you know, uh, Gus from Breaking Bad, basically. So, you know, whether the scripted plot in this game will basically bring out... Far Cry has always been about the gameplay versus the plot, per se, on there. But they're uh, uh, saying that there's going to be more verticality in Far Cry 6 than past games as well. So so I'm climbing more towers? Oh, yeah. Climbing breaking more towers, like, more you know, I don't think radio towers. They're showing like skyscrapers and that kind of thing. Okay, so we just made them bigger radio towers. Okay, no, <laughs> probably. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to be there because I kind of cut, you know, Far Cry fatigue a bit, and I still have to play five. I got the season pass, and I got Far Cry three as part of that, you know. And I haven't played Far Cry three ever, so it's like I got a plethora of Far Cry content to go through. So, you know, it's like you know, if I already have like you know four boxes of Cheerios in my in my pantry, you think I'm going to go for you know the the latest greatest uh, you know limited edition flavor of yes. Cheerios? It's still Cheerios, you know. So. Yes, the last the. The last Far Cry game that I played that I thought was any good was Far Cry Primal and was one that a lot of people hated. I liked the idea of having of being a caveman and having freaking saber-toothed tigers and prehistoric cave bears as my primary weapon. That was that was unique to me. You know, it was it was such a it was a departure because instead of having you know running around and and shooting dudes in the face, I'm sending a, a big ass saber toothed tiger and just mauling people to death. I'm still basically doing the same thing, but it's unique in its own way, right? Yeah. I'm sending I'm sending the saber toothed tiger to to take out this group of people while I'm sneaking up and stabbing some dude in the back of the head with my spear. 
I mean, that was to me that was a that was a, a unique enough spin on a gameplay loop that has for a long time been long in the tooth. No pun intended. So, you know, going back to going back to, and after and I, I picked up Far Cry Five on Steam, and I played that for several hours, and I'm just like. I, okay, how many times do I have to climb a tower? How many times do I have to shoot a dude in the face, shoot dudes in the face, driving around? Jeremiah sees men in these in these trucks ch- chasing after me, shooting them, getting out. J- just just very mundane first person shooting gameplay. It's just generic. I mean, I I I think generic summarizes this Ubisoft and the Ubisoft games of late, they've just been generic. And I, I don't know. They, they need to take some time and come up with some new IP and kind of break out of what they've been doing. But, I mean, Assassin's Creed used to be my favorite adventures game series. I love the Ezio series of games. But when they... When they Moved when they when when they moved to that when they when they journeyed actually the last Assassin's Creed game that I played that I liked was Black Flag I thought that was great but everything after that not so much not so much because it became less and less about assassinating dudes and more and more about just you know. I, oh, I, I, I'm going to go kill all these dudes, beat them up. I mean, if you're going to make a, a, a brawler, make a brawler. Just don't call it Assassin's Creed because it's not Assassin's Creed anymore. So I don't know. It's just well, um, Ubisoft. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. There was a missing Ubisoft game that I was curious about. There was quite a few, actually, in my opinion. I was looking forward to including Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, I was also looking for more information, possibly on a new Prince of Persia, but that's just a pipe dream. But of course, also uh, Gods and Monsters, which is their like you know more of a action adventure Zelda type game, which hasn't really been mentioned for a while. But also a game called Skull and Bones. And Des, you have some more information about that, right? I do. So it looks like Skull and Bones was was a game that that was announced way back, way back at E3 2017, and yeah. um, and we got a, a glimpse of it a little bit in 20, uh, 2018. and then it was completely um, shelved uh, for 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 about three consecutive years before we finally got a little bit more information about what. Um, what was happening with with this game, and unfortunately, I think it's going the way of um, of what they're calling, and you're gonna love this, uh, Kevin, live game model. Hmm. And you know what? You know one of the most famous live game models. Free is? to play. No, what you know one of the live, one of the best live gaming models is. Fortnite. Fortnite. Yep. So it looks yeah. like it's taking inspiration from Fortnite, and this new uh, Skull and uh, Skull and Bones is going to be somewhat like uh, take, they've been taking inspiration from Fortnite, and uh, it's been rebooted pretty much from what it was originally going to be. Um, 
And yeah, and so it's going to be like live, quote unquote, live storytelling elements of Fortnite uh, played a big part in the inspiration behind the newly rebooted Skull and Bones. And this is from uh, Dual Shockers. This this, uh, source is from Dual Shockers. Uh, Man, Ubisoft is the most consumer friendly company. They are saving me so much money. Well, because I'm not buying their crap. Well, you know, and and, and this from is this, cons- this is yeah. pro consumer. Yeah, and from pro-consumer. this from Maybe this from this article from this where I'm quoting an article from Dual Shockers. It looks like uh, the source, whoever was mentioned this to Dual Shockers, mentioned that uh, they will have strong focus on collaboration, and Ubisoft is wanting to appeal beyond just the competitive competitive action fans who play Ubisoft's other popular series. So series is so or series. So I guess for me, it kind of looks like they want this to be a more casual. Uh, sorry. Uh, a, a, a casual kind of live um, entertainment, maybe that you can play with your family, I or or younger kids, maybe. I'm not really maybe, sure. Maybe uh, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, know, says it features to say. Yeah, stories, quests, and characters that will evolve and change over time based on community actions. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so Trash. yeah. This is. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I love the fact back in 2017 about all the ship-to-ship combat uh, gameplay that they were promising, and I just, I guess, it just never came to fruition for whatever reason. So it sounds bad, but see, la vie. That's like, all Ubisoft. Like I don't know what I like. I honestly don't know what the what the impetus for this whole thing is. Like I'm just kind of like, are you? Like, is this... Like, I don't know. <laughs> and Ubisoft, of course, did not mention, and this is already pre-recorded, but they had a, quite a few, um, uh, you know, Me Too kind of situations. People have been, you know, either fired or resigned, of course. But uh, that's something more that, uh, you know, I'll probably talk about on GH Radio with uh, one Mr. Chris, a.k.a. Lefty Brown. <laughs> So look forward to that, but we won't get into that business here, per se. So, but it, overall, just a big old fat dead for Ubisoft, except for Watch Dogs Legion. And even that so. for me is kind of like mm, I don't know. I just like I just don't understand what they're what they're doing or what they're like for them. For me, it seems like Ubisoft is just you know um, status quo water. Or yeah. Yeah, well, treading treading water, status quo, whatever you want to call it. This is what it seems yeah. like. So I don't. I mean, I really don't know. You know, like I, I don't know who. For me personally, if you're if you are a fan of Ubisoft and you are, you know, like just super excited for this, more power to you. But I just can't. I can't see why anyone would be given the slate of games that they have showed. Like I just don't. I don't know, you know, it, it, it just, it's just par for the course with them. And, and I'm just thinking going into a whole new, a whole new decade and, and a whole new hardware and a whole new, just like everything. And, and this is what you're bringing to the table. Mm. Sad. Well, there was another event um, that happened a couple of days ago and Devolver Digital put on their usual, um, event on there so i didn't watch it but i did get a chance to check out some of the games that were announced 
uh, during the digital event, and uh, they announced a uh, sequel to Shadow Warrior. Shadow Warrior 3 is coming out in 2021 on there, as with the first two Shadow Warrior games. Uh, it looks quite bananas, <laughs> to say the least, on there. So, uh, you know, I'm looking to, you know, basically take Lo Wang over to the PlayStation 5 and Steam and other platforms, per se. Uh, they also had Sh- Shuhei Yoshida show up on there to talk about Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, which is coming out to PlayStation 4 and Steam on August the 4th. This is like that crazy-looking, uh, like, melee game with multiple players on there, if you've seen it before on there. So, so I don't know if you guys are interested in that at all or check that out. I didn't. Um, I played Shadow Warrior Two on PC. I didn't. I didn't finish it, but it, it's kind of it's crazy enough. It is. It, it was kind of fun. I, I honestly thought I would have more fun than I wound up having with Shadow Warriors Two. It's over the top, but it there's something about there's something about using using melee weapons in first person that is just kind of hard to get right. If Shadow Warrior 2 comes close, but it's not exact. So there's... Eh. We'll see. You know, we got to keep an open mind and see if they, you know, knock it out of the park with this one. I dabbled in both the first, first game and the second game, and they're cool on there, but, you know... Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that they're still continuing to make games. I just hopefully they evolve this one with the third third installment. So uh, they also showed a game that mean mean. I was talking with you, Des, a bit uh, from Phobia Game Studios, uh, Carry On on there, which basically you play as basically the thing from the movie, the thing on there and just kind of roll through it's like a side-scrolling action game but you play as a big gigantic blob of flesh and tentacles on there and you run through and just you know murder people left and right on there so and kind of like a side-scrolly 2d action game that does look kind of fun it looks gross yeah, it's coming out for Switch, PC, and Xbox One. Of course, they had an appearance from the one and only Mr. Phil Spencer that revealed that the game will be able uh, be available for Xbox Games Pass when it releases on July 23rd. So, so it's coming out in 10 days, and if you have Xbox Games Pass, well, guess what? You don't have to buy it. So, on there. And then, of course, uh, they also had a trailer for Serious Sam 4. On there, this uh, game, if you've played this long-running first-person action shooter on there, which is basically just like over-the-top first-person craziness on there, I found this game was kind of interesting because of the fact that this is one of the Google Stadia games that uh, they paid for an exclusivity on. So it's coming out for Google Stadia and Steam this August on there. So it's not coming out for any console. I'm not sure how long Google paid for exclusivity, but this is one of their uh, big baller <laughs> Google uh, money hats right here for Serious Sam 4. So you said big baller. <laughs> yes. That was funny. Because, you know, you got you got money like Google, and what, what are you purchasing exclusives for? Serious Sam 4. Yes, that's right. That's right, buddy. <laughs> My Serious Sam 4. What you talking about? Yeah. So, 
And they also had a, a first-person marketing simulator for free. Uh, so that's available on Steam as we speak. The uh, Devolver Digital announces Devolver Land Expo, a free game with that they're describing as a first-person marketing simulator and it's set in an abandoned E3 convention on there. So if you want to check that out, that's available on Steam on there. So imagine roaming the halls of uh, the L.A. Convention Center <laughs> on there in a first-person perspective. You know, you leave it for a devolver to go little cray-cray on that. So, but, that's what it uh, sounds like. Jeez. <laughs> Yep, they describe it as a first-person first-person marketing simulator set in an abandoned convention center after the annual De- Devolver Digital Game Expo was mysteriously canceled. So, it's a little story to the uh, free game on there. So, so in the game, you could explore not only the convention center itself, but multiple booth-like areas that have been themed to look like many of Devolver Digital's upcoming games on there. So, all right, and that's. Everything you want to know about Devolver Digital's uh, event this past weekend. And last thing I want to kind of mention in the news before we go on to our uh, main event is, of course, probably <laughs> circling back to more shenanigans with Xbox, of course. Uh, there was a big, nice, long article on GameIndustry.biz on there with a lot of, uh, you know, quotes from the Xbox um, marketing team and from Phil Spencer on there. And so one thing that they are talking about in the articles, there's kind of a brushback from kind of a little bit of uh, criticism in the uh, industry and the, the, you know, discussion at large about Series X and as far as its uh, uh, capability of obviously supporting like uh, Xbox One and Xbox One X uh, with the launch titles on there. So, and so uh, people have been obviously stating that they feel like some of the games for Series X is going to be hindered for the fact that they're being developed for prior gen systems as well as current gen systems. So, this is a quote from Phil Spencer. I look just look at Windows. It's almost certain if the developer is building a Windows version of their game, then the most powerful and highest fidelity version is the PC version. You can even see that with some of our first-party console games going to PC from our competitors, that the richest version is the PC version. Yet the PC ecosystem is the most diverse when it comes to hardware. When you think about the CPUs and GPUs from years ago that are there. Yes, every developer is going to find a line and say that this is the hardware that I'm going to support, but the diversity of hardware choice in PC has not held back the highest fidelity PC games on the market. So, and they talked about that Xbox is moving forward with the idea that the Xbox One is the low-specs PC, while Xbox Series X is the quote-unquote cream of the crop on there. So, and they also mentioned in the same interview uh, so uh, they're basically saying as a, this is another Phil Spencer quote as a player you are the center of our strategy our device is not the center of our strategy our game is not the center of our strategy we want to enable you to play the games you want to play with the friends you want to play with on any device 
so and there's also some quotes in the article as well talking about the fact that they feel like sony is quote unquote counter to what gaming is all about so because they talked about the um whole thing about playstation 5 and the exclusives on there and basically phil spencer stated uh that they feel it's locking games to a particular piece of hardware. According to the boss, Phil Spencer is completely counter to what gaming is about. Uh, we should applaud the work that is going on with the PlayStation 5, with the SSD, and what's going work that's going on with audio to pick some of the ideas that Jim and Mark and the stuff that PlayStation is focused on. We should applaud low times of fidelity of scenes and frame rate and input latency and all the things that we focus on in the next generation. That should not exclude people from being able to play meaning that he's talking about the fact that you cannot play some of the ps5 exclusives on the playstation 4 so on and so forth so no you can't play any corn that that's what that's what (laughs) okay okay so i guess by phil's i'm sorry i didn't mean to jump in oh it's okay that's okay. okay. You know, I, I don't want to be be the horse to death, but we're talking about you know a lot of Microsoft right now. <laughs> I mean, so I guess by by that rationale, I should be able to play Monster Hunter on my Intellivision be because awesome. I'm I'm being I'm being left behind. Yeah, I got. I, I, I've been I've been left behind. How how come? You mean I I, 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 I can't play Gears of War on my ColecoVision? That that's the device I'm, I choose to play on. I'm being left behind. This is this is the type of crap that you come up with when you ain't got games. <laughs> so when you ain't got games, you've got to come up and and make your try to make your case being that hey guys, <laughs> this is what's so hilarious. He just basically told everybody who was jonesing for a Series X to just go and upgrade their PC instead. <laughs> That's exactly what he has said. Well, you know, the greatest fidelity is going to be on the greater goods going to be on the PC. You know, greatest frame rates and oh, and they're supposed to supports all the yeah. There's a reason for that because a PC is only limited by your budget. So if you go ahead and you decide that you want to put in, you know, fourteen hundred bucks for a the the greatest of greatest gaming PC, then yeah, of course it's going to be able to run it and have super high frame rates and great graphics and all that and all that other stuff. The problem is, is what he's not telling people, not talking about, is a console is a closed box. There is no upgrading your console. There is no replacing key components. So the console developers have to be smart and intelligent to make that box as relevant as possible for hopefully as long as possible so that the and you can look back at the box that you that you just bought and and think about the box that it's replacing and see that gen- see a generational leap in technology in graphics in frame rate in performance overall performance i mean i saw that in the ps5 console reveal with games like ratchet and clank mm-hmm. so this is the type of stuff that you say 
when you ain't got no games. And it and I don't understand this because you just went on this, you just went on this uh, this studio purchasing. Uh, you went to Costco and bought a whole bunch of studios. And are you telling me that all of those studios are just going to be making what? Is their focus going to be the PC? If, if I mean, if, if if that's the case, then okay, then I can understand what you said. It, it starts to make sense. But or are you going to tell me that? Oh well, they're just going to be making Game Pass fodder, which is what I'm thinking they're going to be doing. Well, this is this is his quote. This is his like in conclusion quote, and then I'm going to read this and. Uh, kind of shake my head. This is according to Phil Spencer. Gaming is about entertainment and community and diversion and learning new stories and new perspectives. And I find it completely counter to what gaming is about to say that part of that is to lock people away from being able to experience those games or to force someone to buy my specific device on the day I want them to go buy it in order to partake what gaming is about. So basically he is throwing shade on PlayStation for the fact that they're creating a new box and that they're basically stating that they want you to come play on their new console of choice on there. So that it, it basically it's saying that the, um, it's counterintuitive for what gaming is about, that we're about gaming and not Sony, not these other people that are forcing you to buy a new box to experience uh, and, and be able to experience those games. Ain't and nobody me, forcing you to do anything. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this, this, that's, this why, that's why I don't get. I do not get. It's my like, <laughs> no, their job, Sony's job, is to convince me, man, when that PS5 comes out, I gotta be there day and date. Yeah. That, that, that's the force, right? Oh, yeah. why, why am not, I? They're why not forcing me out? to do shit. Basically, they're why trying to. Why am I gonna go out and and spend another four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars? on a console that has no generational leap from the box that I already got from them. Phil Spencer has all he's he's been they've been hyping the Series X the most powerful most powerful if the, if everything he said was the case why even do the Series X? Why do the Lockhart? Hell for that matter, why do the 1S and the 1X? What's the point? And Dallas. by the way, and why, by, 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 well, well, they, when you're, when you're a competitor is, is over a hundred million and you just barely crossed over 40, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something really wrong. And, and his little comment about, well, new experiences and new worlds, he has spent an entire generation denying those on the Xbox platform those very same freaking things. Denying them games. Well, you know, we had to cancel Scalebound because, well, it's it's better for gamers that you you know that that, that you don't get this game that 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 we put money into and it, it partnered with Platinum with to develop for, and we'd rather just cancel it. It's better for you guys in the long run. Okay. Crackdown 3. 
I know y'all love Crackdown Three, but the Crackdown <laughs> Three that was that was that was promoted initially is oh. way different than the Crackdown Three that you that you wound up getting. And I remember, I can't remember the woman's name. She was she was a an Xbox suit said that she, her vision was to have Crackdown Three sit alongside Halo, Forza, and Gears as tentpole titles for the Xbox brand. I don't think that happened. Joe? Just, just something, <laughs> something, something just says that it that didn't take place. Nope. So you've been so you you watch as your competition is ending, and I'm gonna go back and say this. Your competition is ending on Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, and they're saying, yo, after this, all our, all our, uh, 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 all our attention is going to be on PlayStation 5. You, on the other hand, have been spending your entire, an entire generation convincing your, 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 your fan base that they don't need to buy no games. They need to wait for it to come out on Game Pass. And when games do come out and they suck, they just say, oh, well, it's on Game Pass. I got it for free. I got it for a dollar. I got it for five dollars on Game Pass as if as if that's an excuse for for mediocrity. And then you also come in and you say, hey, but by the way, we want to want we're going to offer you this five or six hundred dollar box. That's the world's most powerful console. What's the point? I don't understand it. It, it. It's very weird. It's very confusing. If Phil Spencer would have would have been in any other industry, he'd have been brought into somebody's office and fired for this idiocracy that he's spewing. That's like that's like Dodge saying, you know what? It's unfair for the Hellcat engine to only be limited to the Challenger and the Charger. We want it to be available for all the for all the the automotive uh, companies who are our competitors. So if you have a Camaro or you have a Mustang, you can just come on in and 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 we'll put that Hellcat engine into your car so you can be happy. How is that? How is that building? Building confidence and faith, and encouraging your, those that are are already your fans, or those that are, are that are looking at that product to become more interested in it. It's not. You mean I don't have to buy it? Instead of instead of instead of people looking at Chevy and Ford and say, "Hey, what y'all gonna do?" We're we're we want. I want to see that same level of competition in the product that I prefer. If not, because I'm I'm someone who's looking at making a, a a car purchase another year or two. I'm a bow tie boy, but tell I'll be there. I'm looking at Dodge, straight up. I was born and bred a bow tie boy, but Dodge is just bringing it with with muscle right now on an old ass platform that is leaving everybody in the dust. So I don't understand this this I don't understand Phil Spencer. And I don't understand and, him and, either. And the and the reason <laughs> the reason why I'm I'm hostile to this and the reason why I'm hostile to this and I'm going to break it down here and I'll shut up. Right now. Okay, Nintendo's in a class by itself, all right? They're making hunt they're selling millions of units 
They're selling millions of units of software, but they're in a class by themselves, okay? They're doing their own thing, and they're making a crap ton of money. Right now, Sony is in competition with itself, meaning their internal studios, if you follow them on social media, they have this friendly back-and-forth banter. Hey, we got, we're able to push the PS4 the base PS4 in this game this way. And then the next company company that has an exclusive comes out, hey, we're able to push the pro and we can do this and we can do that. And you know, they, they throw these like little friendly shots back and forth at each other. Right now, Sony's competition is internal. It is within their own studios. At some point, there's going to reach it because their first their first priority is to make money. And when you look over at your at your competitor, quote unquote competitor, who is making who is making money off of services, mediocre ass games, basically, you know, the same three exclusives over ten pole exclusives over and over and over again. At some point, you're going to look and say, like, you mean to tell me we don't have to invest tens and hundreds of millions of dollars into these first-party games in order to, to make a profit? There has to be a company to keep a fire lit under PlayStation's butt. There has to be. If, if there's if if it's not my if it's not Xbox, it, it needs to be somebody else. And I've been thinking about this and, and Uncle Phil's stupid stupid comments have just reinforced it. There is room for a fourth player in the console space. I don't know who that could be. Sega. Just kidding. Just kidding. I, I, you know, <laughs> that would be nice. There is room in the console space for a fourth player because Xbox is not going to be that driving force that they used to be hungry, pushing Sony to do better. They're not going to do it. And because they're either not, they're not going to do it, don't have the talent to do it, they're going to sit back and throw jabs and try to convince people that, oh, mediocrity is really what you want. Half-assed games is really what you want. Grounded is really what you want. They're going to keep doing that because as of right now, that's all they got. We'll wait and see what they come up with in, 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 a, in another week or two this month. But right now, that's all they got. And right, and Sony needs to have that competitor that's going to be biting them on the heels consistently with exclusives, with deals, with quality software, quality experiences in a closed box. Because at some point, there's going to be a, 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 a point of diminished returns as far as as far as their bottom line is. You mean I can spend less? make more by doing half-assed work don't think that they won't get away with it because they won't try and get away with it because they're a corporation corporations th live to to put forth the least amount of effort for the maximum amount of profit there's no you know that's just what they do if they can shave if they can shave off here to to build the bottom line there they're going to do it. And that's with any industry, with any major corporation, with any business. 
that's why I'm so I, it ticks me off when I see Phil talking this nonsense because Sony needs to have that fire under their butt to push them to do even bigger and better than they have. And it's obvious that Xbox is not the one to do it. So I'm hoping that somebody, it would be nice so- if Microsoft would just fold up and just say, we're just going to be a content provider and a network linker so you can have your services on our on our Azure data centers and just do it that way and let somebody else step up to the plate and do what they refuse to do. Because I want, as, as, a, as a PlayStation preferred player, I want to see Sony keep giving me those bangers. I don't want them to fall into mediocrity like Xbox, but without that heat, What's the point of doing that? You know, here, not, here. Now, now, I'll, now I'll shut up. <laughs> I didn't mean to light a fire under you, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess I did my job, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, I just like all these quotes, though. I mean, this whole article is just, uh, I hate to say, a big old shit sandwich, in my opinion, for Xbox right now. And just their uh, messaging. It's like there's nothing wrong with PlayStation doing its thing and saying, hey, come with us to the, the next box on uh, um, not, not Xbox, the next box, meaning the PlayStation 5. There's nothing wrong with them developing games directly for the PS5 and leaving gamers behind. You get you, If you want to play the prior system games, guess what? Keep your PS4, buy your PS5. That's it. Hey, That's what hey I, Phil, I could play Super Mario World on my NES. I, I was left behind. That's not fair. They didn't, they didn't value me as a consumer. I I couldn't I couldn't play Burning Rangers on my Sega Genesis, even though I never had one. Sega left me behind. That's anti-consumer. Why couldn't I play Burning Rangers on my Intellivision? They didn't value they didn't value the fact that I prefer to play on Intellivision. This when you when you take his statements and, and and push them out to the extreme. Or hell, not even the extreme. Just just looking at it at face value, it's just so much corporate crap speak coming out of this man's mouth. It, it, I don't I don't get it, and and that that's why again that's why I say it's time for a fourth player. I don't know who it could be. Maybe it could be Apple. Maybe it could be Samsung. Maybe it could be. LG, I have no idea, but it's time for a fourth player to kick Xbox to the curb and really get in there and compete with PlayStation, primarily PlayStation, because again, Nintendo plays by their own rules and their own thing, and they're doing just fine. But there needs to be somebody else in this console space, because Xbox ain't the folks to do it. Right, that is our news. So, awesome, awesome. I think we had a good, (laughs) we had a good discussion there. Um, Des, Des, yeah. um, We had a. We. I'm still. Still. Okay. Stupidity is still going through my mind. Okay, so let let me take over. Let me take over. Okay, so so we do have a main event. 
uh, we put it out there. Um, and for this main event, uh, we talked about uh, name an RPG series that you're a fan of that is lesser known than the usuals, i.e. Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, those type of games. You know, big tentpole games that have, you know, a, a long, long following. Uh, the series has to have at least two entries, and let us know your choices, and we will discuss are your favorite your favorites. So uh, we had one person, you know, c- uh, contact us and let us know. This is our dear friend Sam uh, at... Valagus, um, he tweeted us and let us know that his pick was the Ease series. I always said Wise, but it's actually Ease series, and I have to you know agree with him. I've never played it. Well, actually, I have played it. I played it a long time ago, and it's one of those series that's been around for a very long time. Um, but that's definitely a series that I can that that I can say definitely is one that is underappreciated, and it is definitely one that is still chugging along. A couple other ones that I could think about would be the Tales series. That's series. I remember my first Tales series game was I think it was Tales of Basera, not Basera. It was the Tales of the one that was on the GameCube. I think Joe knows which one it is. Uh, Tales of Symphonia. Yeah, Tales of Symphonia was the first Tales that I played, game that I played, and and I really enjoyed it. But again, uh, the Tales series, was, the Tales series, just like the Mana series, when it was those kind of action RPGs where you controlled one person and then you had to tell your other people to do what they wanted to do and they ran around you and did stuff like that. I was always kind of sort of against games like that. Don't get me wrong. I was kind of a purist about turn-based stuff, but it wasn't until much later that I started to really enjoy uh, that that uh, that genre of, of, of RPG games. Um, um, another series that I actually really, really love, um, and Joe thought I was going to say Breath of Fire because that's one of the ones that I really wish they'd redo, but, it, and, but it's not Breath of Fire. It's actually the uh, Shining Force series. Um, I played both of those on Sega, and I remember beating Shining Force 2, and I'll never forget it. It was very, very weird. It was a very, very, very weird situation. I was, you know, in high school. I had my Sega, and I was uh, in my room, and... I had on my headphones and I was listening to Dinosaur Jr., the Green Mine album, and I beat the game. And I was just, I don't know what it was, but you ever get that kind of euphoria when you beat a game and you're just like, man, you know, that game was awesome. And you're just kind of like, oh, you know, you're just kind of like, you, you just, have you, have either of you guys ever had that when you, when you, when you've been working on a game for a long time and you've really enjoyed the game and then you beat it and then, and then you're just kind of like, you just kind of sit back and you're just kind of like, Ugh, I've only had that happen with two games that I can actually fully remember it. Just have like a, like a you know, just like a fantastic kind of like crazy experience, and that would be um, Shining Force Two um, and uh, Lufia Two: Rise of the Sinistrals. If you can believe that, that's an old Super NES game. So those two games or those two series would be the one that I would that I think needs to have a redo. And I know that. Um, uh, Lufia 2 actually did have uh, a reboot 
um, and they made it into an action RPG game. And I personally tried to play it, and I did not like it. So I really wish they would have kept it more like the original. But that's just me talking. So, so how about either of you? I'll let either of you start. You know, which ones could you think of that were um, that were uh, series that that are kind of unsung heroes of the RPG genre? Uh, for me, I'll, I'll make this real quick. It is Valkyrie Profile, one okay. and two. I that is the one series aside from you know my experiences with Persona Four and and now Five, in which turn-based gameplay, one of the few. I, I did like Final Fantasy Seven too, but it was one of the few turn-based games that I actually fell in love with the gameplay loop. And that was a grind. Those yeah. two games, you had to grind to, to, to get anywhere in those games. But I loved the gameplay loop. I loved comboing in because some, some characters had high attacks, others had low. Some had area effects that would launch enemies into the air. And figuring out how to time your button presses in order so you can build that meter to get your to get your uh, ultra group attack. I forget what the term was for it. That was just a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. So so my vote is my uh, my answer to this question rather is the Valkyrie profile one. Yeah, or two, and I know you don't which really, I still have. Yeah, and I know you don't really like that turn based stuff, but but I'm, you know, I'm glad that you were, you know, that was one of the ones that really kind of spoke to you. So that's awesome. Cool. How about you, Joe? Uh, for me, I mean, there's a lot of series, of course, in my past. Uh, Just pick a couple, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to name every one and we're going to get this podcast at a five hour mark. No. Uh, <laughs> for for me, uh, Fantasy Star, uh, the original and Sega Master System, oh, was okay. like the first RPG I played. I played that before I played Dragon Warrior on there. And that was kind of my pseudo introduction to turn-based role-playing on there. And so I remember, you know, once I got that game, that game was uh, on a four-megat cart. So it was expensive. I believe I purchased it for $89.99 with one of those flips at the uh, local Toys R Us on there. So, and literally after I got that game, that game has a, a like, grinding uh, beginning on there. So you literally had to walk around and not, die go around and obviously grind to level up a bit and all the uh, mazes were in first person perspective so i actually got a graph paper and drew my own maps <laughs> that's awesome thing. dude so, that's awesome so i and at one point i was having some difficulty with the game because i literally was playing this game for a couple months before i actually beat it and i called sega's 1-800 number because they had a tip line uh are you serious the, the genesis coming out and they actually mailed me their maps that they had that uh, someone else in the community i guess uh, went ahead and they had photocopies and they sent me these photocopied maps are you serious well. do you still have yeah. those I don't have them anymore. I oh, wish I did. that would be I don't have awesome. My original ma- I, I wish I had that. I don't have my original copy of Fantasy Star either. 
uh, probably traded in at our local shop BRE Software to try to grab a new shiny and kind of regret it ever since. But uh, that'd be so that, cool to have those to have those maps and just be like, hey, I have these maps for for this game, and I'm yeah. a dork, you know. <laughs> It literally took me like I think four to five months to actually beat the game, and once I got done, it was just like just that just overwhelming feeling and just joy on there. And the, the remaining games in the series, they all came out for the Genesis on there. So Fantasy Star two, three, and four. Uh, I managed to beat all three of those games and play them to completion. And uh, um, you know, Fantasy Star Online has a special place in my heart too, but that's a whole entirely different game on there so but uh, just the the aspects of that series you know the first game being in first person obviously the the two three and four wound up having like overhead traditional like you know 2d dungeons on there so it was the gameplay wasn't in first person you know playing that train odyssey kind of brings out that kind of fantasy star feeling for me a bit but uh, also another game that i really have in high esteem is the Grandia series as well. Yeah, so, I played the yeah, shit uh, out of the first one. I've, yeah, I finished Grandia 1 on the PlayStation. I wish I would, you know, I wish they brought out the Saturn version because it was way better as far as the, its performance on there. I was even I was so excited for playing Grandia that I picked up a Japanese version of it on the Saturn and was trying to use a translation guide and it didn't get too far uh, with it. And then uh, obviously Grandia 2 is on the Dreamcast. Also on the PlayStation 2, but the Dreamcast version is very good with a VGA box. Excellent on there. And then, of course, there's a couple more games in the series. Grandia Extreme for the PlayStation 2. Grandia 3, which I've never played, and I still I still own it. It's in my backlog, so might be something I need to go back to just to say I played it, if need be, on there. But those are the two series that really kind of, you know, both speak to me a bit on there. So, you know, you mentioned all the good bangers like Breath of Fire series is also good as well. Capcom will never go back to that. Sudokin oh, from Sudokin. Konami. Oh, yes. yes. Sudokin 2, Sudokin uh, 3 on the PlayStation 2 on there. So there, there is plenty of stuff out there. Both good uh, games. That yeah, yeah. The Chrono series, of course, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, especially the Chrono Cross soundtrack to this day is fantastic. So. Fantastic. All right, you can, all right, you all. You hear this? If you got some what disposable income, you can go out there and spend a couple hundred dollars on these games. You know, I, we suggest that you do. We definitely suggest yeah. that you do. Good all, deal. All righty. So the next question that we have that we're going to be posting for for all of you all out there is um, is uh, what classic. Uh, character is your favorite like mascot you know what who who is your favorite mascot of, of anyone is it sonic is it mario is it banjo kazooie is it Jax? you know tell us who is your favorite kind of iconic uh carrier and and please don't go for the for the uh or, or franchise character please don't go for the for for the usuals like mario everyone loves mario everyone loves sonic come on come on who, my favorite's master chief you know what if you say master chief more power to you you know because, yes master chief uh, if you say if you yeah. say master chief that is fine but we want to know you know what is what is what is it could be a classic it could be a new one you know let us know who is your like favorite like mascot you know uh video gaming mascot 
Um, just, just, and give us why. You know, why does this person resonate with you? Is it someone that you know you've you've played the series a long time? You thought it was a really good design. Um, you have it tattooed on your body. Whatever. You know, let us know because I know some of you out there, our listeners, probably have all kinds of interesting tattoos of the Noid or um, or yeah, who if else? You have a Bubsy tattoo like, bu- on your like ankle or something. <laughs> just let us know. Yeah, or Dig Dug. You know, whatever, you know, but, but yeah, I think this would be a fun little interesting one and it can, people can be kind of weird or strange. Let us know who is your favorite, uh, video game mascot, you know, croc croc. I don't even know who that is. Is that, is that one? Is that a, is that a street shark foe or someone or, uh, no, that's a 2d, um, 3d platformer from the PS one and Saturn era. Okay. Well, Hey, you, you know, one of Joe's, I think he has a tattoo on his butt. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) you did it, buddy over here talking that mess. Anyway, Mm. Um. So well, thank you, you Sam. Know, you know, Master Chief's my favorite because you know, guess who's in the suit? It's Phil Spencer. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, we we might have to post that in joke a little bit later. You know. So <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Sam, for writing in for that main event. Um, if you have a main event, uh, please feel free to contact us. Uh, stay tuned to the end when Kevin gives us your content information. We would love to see what main events you think that we should be doing. You know, or any question that you think that we should ask the listeners that that you want to be that you want to know about let us know and then we have uh one announcement that i wanted to share with everybody uh unbeknownst to everybody i know that we're doing um we're doing seasons and episodes uh, per seasons but it looks like we've we've also been doing um them by numbers as well numbering each one that we've done and as it stands this is our 90th 90th episode okay um chronologically so what we're going to be doing uh, is we're going to be counting down the top ten uh, from each of these each of these shows coming down, and then for each one of these shows, we're going to be giving you a little information about what is going to be happening on our on our 100 episode, our extravaganza. So please tune in, you know, for the next you know nine episodes. Well, I guess ten episodes. You don't really you're not really counting this one. Um, well, I guess you can't really count the home 100th episode either. But anyway, stand, stay tuned for the next couple of episodes in which we'll be telling you what fantastic uh, stuff is going to be going down on our 100th episode. So um, so please stay, stay tuned. Uh, keep supporting us. Keep sharing us out. We love you all. Uh, but that is all the announcements that we have for right now. Okay, so I'm turning back over to Kevin. All right, thanks, Des. So, game nights take place on Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, typically taking place on PlayStation. But as we mentioned before, we have all the platforms, all the networks. So, if there's a game that you'd like to play with us, uh, please feel free to let us know what game that is, and we'd be more than happy to join you. You can let us know what game you'd like to play by reaching us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. Not only uh, can you send an email there to let us know what game you'd like to play, if you have a question for us, if we've said something that you'd like to comment on, or even if you'd like to be on the show to get your opinions across to our listeners regarding our favorite hobby of video games, you're going to want to send that feedback to gamingvessels at gmail.com. Social media. We have a Twitter account at Gaming Vessels. Individually, we have we're also on Twitter. 
I am at Shonuff71. That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network, I am Shonuff7, same spelling, the number 7. On Xbox Live, I am Shonuff071, same spelling with 071. And on Steam, I am Shonuff71. And also, before I turn it over to, to my other co-hosts, we have a Discord community, and we're trying to push more content over to our Discord servers. So we have we talk, we have news, general discussion, you know, the usual stuff. So there's no requ- you know, prerequisite or requirement or approval that you need to be a part of our community. Just head on over and jump in. You'll find the, a link to our Discord server wherever you download our podcast from other from whatever uh, podcast aggregate that you use. So, Dez, where can the folks get a hold of you at? All righty. You can always find me on either uh, Xbox Live or PSN at uh, Nemo Tigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. Or you can find me – oh, sorry. Um, if you try to be our friend or send us a friend request, please let us know um, how you found out about it or mention the show or something. Because, like, we get a lot of bots. I know you probably do, too. And nothing against them, but we just don't want to be their friends. It's just – real people please um and they know why <laughs> uh and you can find me on uh social media um at the nemo six that's uh t-h-e-n-e-m-o-s-i-x joe where can people find you buddy uh on twitter i can be found at joe fongul j-o-e-f-o-n-g-u-l and then on PlayStation Network, on Nintendo Network, and on Steam, I could be found under the username Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. And then on the latest, greatest Xbox extravaganza, I am known as Kamunagara, same spelling, 6995. Uh, now, so come and join me playing some Crackdown 3 and whatever other assorted items de jour. So... Game Pass yeah. Father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeesh. All kinds of smart delivery fun. All right. You know it, man. <laughs> so, all right, folks, that is going to bring this episode of Gaming Vessels to a close. We want to thank you for hanging out with us and, and listening to our repartee regarding our favorite hobby. For Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, and for Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar, I'm Shonuff71, letting you know that we'll be back next week. Peace!